And welcome to Tabletop Radio Hour, your podcast for everything tabletop. My name is Zach, and this week I'm joined by the regular crew. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hello. I think that might be Hello, copyrighted. I everyone. probably shouldn't use that one. Maybe I should. No, don't, I don't, don't use that. One. We'll get demonetized. <laughs> hey, any publicity wait, is good get, publicity. Wait, so we, get, no. we get monetized? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wait, what? Yeah, I think to get demonetized, you have to be monetized first. Ah, so. oh, dang it. Dang it. Shoot. Small <laughs> details. Maybe next time. <laughs> Maybe next time. <laughs> well, today we're here to play some more Seventh Sea in our campaign of myth and legacies. Logan has taken this story and just ran with it. And he's, he's, we can't stop. We haven't caught up. <laughs> we we're still trying to catch him, so he is running the game again this week. Logan, do you want to do you have anything to say before? I, yeah, sure. I mean, you know, you have a here? plan. You start out with a plan. It's only like three steps for the plan, and then you hand it to your players like a pack of cats, <laughs> and it becomes seventeen steps. And a few of those get lost. Um, sure. Yeah, I don't know what you're it's great. About. <laughs> no, it's good. Just to, to bring us back into it, we've had a long situation here in Numa, um, getting to know some of Andreas's past, connecting with our new crewmate, Electo, and Epos. As the, the situation in Numa has progressed, we can see armies approaching on multiple sides, more like navies. We see a rise in the potential of a conflict. And when we last left our heroes... We had Captain Andreas on the deck of a merchant ship trying to act like he needed to investigate it, backed by the brute squad of his own crew, acting like some sort of investigation group or, or dock, like, import official. Meanwhile, below on that same ship, below decks on that same ship, we had Briggs sneak in and find an interesting selection of weaponry and war gear to include but not be limited to hand grenades, black powder, and double-barreled cannons on a ship that should not be made for war. And finally, Electo, doing her own investigations down the dock, just started to walk onto the deck of a ship, which we found out from the player's perspective, or from the audience perspective, not from the player's perspective, that was held by Grandmother Shawl. And we're bringing in yet another... Another player, I should say. Another player to the mix. So, yeah. Here we are on that deck. We're going to go back to Andreas on the deck of the merchant ship. You had met the ship's captain. Mm-hmm. He was trying to resist you investigating. Do you remember where we left off on that? If I remember correctly, i kind of been playing it more for just stalling time. So kind of playing the, look, I don't want to investigate your ship. You know, we're at some waste of time. Let's just, you know, go through the motions, pretend, and, and I'll probably be, like be ending up uh, giving them recommendations of restaurants in town. Gotcha. You know, gotcha. we're the best place. You know, just just keeping him talking, keeping keeping everybody activated, you know, activated, and and you know, keeping everybody's attention on. I think actually what we're going to do here is let's have everybody roll or choose an approach and then roll for how you want to deal with this uh, dramatic sequence. This is more about investigation, trying to find some details, figure out what's going on. But each of you are in different areas and pursuing different things. So we're going to pop around. So, Captain Andreas, what is your approach, sir? Darn good question. Definitely panache. Okay. I'm going to have uh, my approach is pancakes. I mean, panache. <laughs> about food. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, yeah, probably try some sailing. Okay. Since it's, you know, I'm going to try and use some sailing knowledge to say, you know, you know, would import. I know the sailors want to, you know, 
want some good food and sure you know what it's you know comparing this and that um and uh you know kind of go with that name um and uh you know what i am going to kind of expound from there and just kind of start talking about the, the glories of the the city and glories of numa and you know start talking about our past con uh conquests and successes and you know maybe throw some personal stories in there let me tell you and any word you can yeah. trace back to the newman <laughs> <laughs> uh and that will uh that will kind of tie into my uh myrmidon background and my quirk, earn a hero point when you impress the crew of a foreign ship with your daring. Ooh. With your daring. Yes, so my stories of... Okay. You know, fighting so the fires. So you're giving some no shit there was stories. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, All right, well, if you think of one, that'd be fun to hear. But uh, I get the, the general vibe for it. Yeah. That's a good approach. Yeah. Let's go down to Zach with Briggs and the lower decks... Trying to be sneaky, sneaky. <sighs> Trying to be sneaky, sneaky. Probably, probably the the best way he can be sneaky, sneaky. I might go with a finesse hide to kind of stay more agile on my toes, staying out of sight. Okay, so more about staying um, quiet and less about the like breaking into things. Exactly. Okay. Interesting. He wants to get to know a little bit more about what's going on here while staying out of sight. Okay. Almost more like uh, listening in, spying. Yeah. Okay. And finally over to Miss Zoe with Electo. What is your approach here? Boy, we, uh... we, we had thrown it at you that you, uh, we had to add another group, another uh, secret society into this, and, uh, and you threw out grandmother's shawl so yeah what do we want to do with that what do we want to do with your situation electo's run into them a bunch indirectly mm. but okay. not actually worked with them at all not in certainly not stepped on a ship completely run by them uh i think this is gonna be weird for electo i think i want to go with empathy and uh, for those who are paying attention, uh, Electo has zero points in empathy. <laughs> um, and I'm either thinking uh, resolve, as in like, no, I'm totally supposed to be here. Um, and like, actually, no, that would be more panache, wouldn't it? Mm, it could go either way. Mm. Uh, it mm. depends on the res- what you're resisting is what I think of with resolve, <laughs> you know? If you're resisting their... She's resisting getting fully involved in them. Like, she will help out, but she does not want to be a part of the society. Interesting. I think that'd be a future so, thing. So what's your approach on yeah. a, going up this ship? You're trying to talk to people who are here. We're assuming, and actually yeah. in a lot of ways, that Electo hasn't quite put the pieces together yet of who this is. You're maybe yeah. just starting to crest you know, the top of the gangplank. You see on there that there's a bunch of ladies that are running the ship, and that's it. Which is cool. We love that. Heck yeah. I think panache and empathy, really. Okay. Or, or actually, uh, panache and convince. Ooh, okay. So logical uh, as opposed to emotional approach to uh, convincing these mm-hmm. folks to help you. Yeah, either convincing them to help me or convincing them to leave. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, this ain't no place for a boat full of old ladies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so all right, and convince. Which let's is, uh, uh, let's get some of that beautiful uh, bones fully nice. going on here, and uh, let's start uh, warming that up and get the rolls out there. Let's see what we got. Uh, uh, Epos is helping me because he's being adorable. <laughs> for sure, always adorable. Always, always adorable. adorable. Actually, he's physically helping me walk up the gangplank by body blocking me from looking at the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> you like you start walking up and look down you feel this like little lip like, like shove nope, your chin nope nope just, nope <laughs> don't look don't look down Epos is your emotional support he's animal. my emotional support horse <laughs> <laughs> it's got a little vest and everything 
All right, let's get some Foley in here. Get some Foley in there. Right, roll it up, roll it up. Let's see what we got. Or use the oh, sheet. And um, are, are we getting a, a, f- a first time in Flare for everybody? Yeah. Flare and interpretation. All right. And of course, you could spend you know hero points if you would want to to help each other out. Not exactly sure how anybody would help <sighs> Electo, aside from Epos. But all right, what you got? Okay. Math, that's what you got. Freaking math. Uh, Electo has four raises and one remainder. I'll buy it. No. <laughs> but also, yes. Oh, no. Oh, no. Briggs also has four raises and one remainder. F. I'll also buy it. Damn it. Uh, I ended up with three raises, no remainders. Ooh. Interesting. Well, I think I would like to fuck with the captain. So no. I'm going to spend <laughs> no. those two danger points now. And we're going to start out with the captain of that ship. Because again, I, I do not see why we need to do this. Uh, you have no idea what you can run into. Pierre, Pierre, come here, Pierre. And he's snapping his fingers and he's shouting for somebody named Pierre. And Pierre walks up. He's a skinny, tall guy. That looks like he's in his mid-40s, but moves like he's in his 20s. He's, he's got a, a spring in his step. He's got, you know, kind of an active sort of thing. And he's wiping his hands on a rag as he's wiping up. And he's, uh, oui, monsieur, what can I do for you? Pierre, this is... What was your name again? Ah! Uh, I'm trying to remember what I said. Yeah, did you give him your real name, or did you give him a no, fake name? No, I gave him his real name. He gave him a fake name, and I, I don't g- remember what it was. I don't remember what it this was. This is what happens was, when uh, you haven't played in like a month. Sorry, kids. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> right. Yes. Um, Luis Deval, how at your service, good sir. Oh, Luis, huh? You have uh, Montaigne roots? Pierre says to you. Oh, no. <laughs> Distant. Distant relative. I am of I am from Numa. My mother moved here many many years ago, but uh, it is it is a pleasure to to meet someone from the same uh, from the same ancestry. Indeed, indeed. I've always indeed. wanted to jo- visit that beautiful country. As he's pulling his hand away from the rag, wiping his hands off, he extends a hand to shake your hand. Pierre, ship's master. Ah, pleasure to meet you, sir. You shake his hand. Yes. Perfect. Uh, and then the captain, you know, again says, Pierre, did we not already do the investigation with the customs? Oh, we, monsieur. Well, then, why is he here bothering us? I do not know, sir. Come, come. As I said, as I was mentioned, good sir, I understand that you had, the, the paperwork says that you had it. That's why I, I'm not going to bother with the, the actual inspection. It's, it, it's a pointless waste of all of our times. It's, I, I'm, so embarrassed to even be here, but go through the motions, make them happy. I, I'm not actually going to bother with any of the, the actual details. So they can see I've visited. I can say I've been visited. It is wonderful. Have you ever gone against a man of war? It uh... is the most frightening thing you can ever imagine. The, the ships are huge. They're they're like a small city. And and Well, as I said, sir, we are a merchant ship, so going against a man of war sounds crazy. Like we would not it, it is. It is, I I tell you. I I you know, me and my, my tiny ship facing this thing. And you know, fortunately fortunately there were these sirens that, that erupted from the sea and and we were fighting on all fronts. The the man of war's cannons roaring over our heads while the Beasts from under the waters, from under the waves, were coming up from below, fighting savagely on on every front. It it, it is truly terrifying, I tell you. I I, I hope you never experience such a thing. But ah, oh, that is why you need to be prepared. There's interest, and you can see uh, others of the ship are kind of leaning in to listen more. Some of the the crew that had been working is a little more slack in, kind of listening because you know. Great stories are always fun. Sure. And and I'm embellishing and, and yeah, drawing it out and as much as I can. 
And but, but to to be all fair, that actually did happen to us. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. Uh, no, it it did when we when we fought. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. When we got got around uh, Pietro. The sirens. You didn't helped fight out. him. Yeah. No, no. We, 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 we basically we basically fought him. <laughs> you blew out the rudder and you we fought like you know, six it, man of wars, six of them all at once. <laughs> the three swords and uh, an yeah, hatchet. Yeah. <laughs> and one hand tied behind my back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the sirens weren't attacking us, but I'm throwing that in because hey, that's, that's might as well. That's what makes a good well. story. Okay, so I think you got some things here to establish. You've got some some potential risks you're you're definitely moving the crew because you were trying to lean into that quirk so there's mm-hmm. a you know a chance there i'm definitely gonna give you that hero point because that's just fun awesome but both the captain of the ship and his ship's master pierre are mm-hmm. looking at you a little sideways they're trying to check you out and pierre's eyes specifically quirk when you say my ship uh, as a little boat and uh, as there's a pause, or you finish up your story, and you're you're hitting that punchline, and people are just like loving it. He goes, "Your ship, eh? Where where is your ship? And uh, why do you have one if you are a customs agent?" I had one. I had one. It was the oh, past. Oh, you lost it. I have retired back to home. Yes, but uh, oh, I miss the sea. I'd love to go back someday. It's, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe you'll have an opportunity sometime. Here, let I us. Uh, I'll show you my mise en masse and the, the rigging we have there, and we can talk about Ooh. things. And he kind of walks you over while the captain kind of watches you for a minute, and then barks at the rest of the crew to get back to work. What sort of any details, facts, things you would like to spend raises on? I would like to try and find some efficiencies, you know, and and kind of present them with. It, it is beautiful the way it is. I mean, this is a beautiful, beautiful ship. You've done a great job. But you know, if you ran the halyards from more of an angle, you could get more more torque when raising the the, the masts. You could get them a little bit higher, get a little bit more more yardage on the canvas, get okay. more speed. You know that type of thing. Hoping that he'll draw his crew to you know, make to make some alterations. Are you willing to make him irritated that you're telling him his job? Or are you trying to make this just smooth? I'm trying to make it smooth. I'm trying to okay. make it a, you know, not a, you know, you know, you don't have to do this. Of course, it's it's beautiful. It works great the way it is. But if you did, it's an option for you. It's something if you, you are willing to, to not just be smooth about it, but make him irritated. If you want to make it smooth. You're going to spend two raises because this is kind of telling okay. him his job. If you're willing to just spend one raise, I will give you another detail that will establish something that Andreas knows from looking at the rigging and trying to give a suggestion. But okay. you'll have less impact on how many crew you draw over. I'll, I'll take the one. I'll take the. Okay. I'll take the irritation. Okay. Why not? He kind of looks at you and he says something in Montaigne that. Probably is a curse word. <laughs> Merde. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know. Francais, Cosa, come here. You know, waves over a couple of guys to look at it. And you realize as you're describing this that it is rigged in such a way that seems inefficient. Mm-hmm. And this is where uh, Andreas realizes with his ship's understanding that this is rigged for more weight. And for mm. m- maybe a military sort of purpose. That's where we're starting to, you know, where Briggs, uh, Briggs' okay. knowledge down below of, like, how many fucking arms are down there, how many cannons, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's not that you know that there's a bunch of cannons, but, like, oh, I would see this on a brigantine as opposed to on this, you know, merchant flute. Like, sure. This is, this is interesting. This is, this is a, a different sort of support that extra ropes and extra, like, you know, stay rigging and, and support rigging and whatnot. Like, there's... Yeah, there's a different way that this is supported, and it's not what would normally happen on a ship like this. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Meanwhile, below decks, you're hearing the footsteps above you, Briggs, and you're hearing people walking around and crunching, and you're starting to sneak over towards another box, maybe closer to the stairs, and that's when uh, you hear steps coming down the stairs. What do you do? I'm gonna jump behind the closest box that I can find. Okay. Just to. Uh... To stay out of sight there. Perfect. 
and listen up, see if anybody's Totally within your approach. I'm not even going to worry about you spending anything on that because you said you're going to be hiding. I figure you're using your raises to try and establish facts like any sort of dramatic scene. So as they come down the steps, what things maybe are you hearing or what are you trying to hear for? What are you, what's, what's the intents here? What's, what, what are you hoping to, to gain in this position? I want to, maybe I, maybe I hear there's, there's a, a few crew members coming back down the stairs, um, having a conversation. Okay. Maybe I, I want to overhear, um, maybe any potential plans, maybe stuff they're just talking about. Um, yeah, I'll spend a raise for that if I need to. Okay. You hear two sets of feet coming down, and one of them is heavier than the other, and you hear voices from two of them, from, from both of them. Um, one starts saying something along the lines of, I can't believe we have to wait for all this. Like, come on, we got, we got things to do. We're running out of time. Oh, just let it be. It'll be fine. All in good time. Yeah, I know, but I want to get I want to get the party started now. Like, I gotta test these out. Uh, I I I don't want you saying that too loud. Like he's gonna hear you. That's fine. He doesn't know what we're talking about. And they hit the bottom of the stairs and they turn aft, away from where you had entered, back towards one of the the far back closed doors and cabins, um, away from the cannons. Meanwhile, uh, oh, yeah, good. Okay. No, I'm pro- I'm processing. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Electo, we see you walking up a gangplank, and you see on deck there are a few ladies working on some different things, and uh, a couple heads turn your way, and they see you, and there's a, there's a a bit of maybe alert, but then a smile uh, crests across uh, some faces, and a middle-aged woman eh, not quite middle-aged maybe 50s um so older for you know classic uh um renaissance time period um definitely in that grandma age um comes over but she has uh well suntanned skin uh like she has spent many an hour on deck uh working under the sun and comes over and um hello young one do you uh have you lost your way Calimera, um, I, if I've lost my way, then I am extremely lost. I, I do not do well on boats. Meanwhile, she has her face right next to Epos's, mm-hmm. um, kind of just like staring at him and really nothing else. <laughs> um, and there is a bit like, of like a look back and forth between your face and Epos's face and then to the gangplank and then back to Epos and to the gangplank. And then back to you. <laughs> Epos is just patiently just like flicking his tail every once in a while. He's just like, I'm used to this. It's fine. Right. <laughs> I, uh, I was working on the docks and uh, I heard tell of uh, some, some ships around here that, uh, that needed, needed help. I, I'm sorry. I'm... Uh, uh, I get very, very nervous on the sea. Yeah, it is, it is understandable. It takes some time to get used to it. It took me a little while. Tell me, child, are you needing help with something? And she gives you a significant glance and starts to, like, try and see your face a little bit more. You're still wrapped up like you normally are, but, mm-hmm. like, you tell she's looking for something, looking for some sort of telltale sign or checking you closer. Ah, uh, okay. Well, I'm gonna spend a raise. Ooh. And, uh... I've never actually known what the sign actually is, because it changes every once in a while, you know, to keep the secret society safe. However, Electo has the uncanny ability, possibly unluck, of guessing correctly every single time what the call sign is. <laughs> uh, and so she says, she looks up at the woman, uh, just just briefly, just to give her, you know, make eye contact, and she goes, uh, yes, it seems that I'm in a bit of trouble. <laughs> and then immediately, like, puts her face next to Epos's again. <laughs> please, please, come on board. Uh, she is not really going to move too far away from Epos, uh, but she does follow, sort of, wherever this woman is about to lead her. Yeah. 
So you are brought on board, you are invited on board, and EPOS is allowed as well. And as soon as you get into, you know, a, a wider area to stand and you can't directly see the water, it does help a little bit, minus, you know, yes. the fact that it keeps rocking and shifting under your feet. Yep, yep. But it is better. You're not quite one to pass out, as it were. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna faint upon seeing the waves. Yes, and uh, yeah, you're you're there, and this lady introduces herself as Clariana. Clariana, it's a pleasure to meet you. I'm Electra at three T. Put that in the chat so my weird pronunciation doesn't get too weird. <laughs> yeah, she's um. Brings you over to, I want to say there's like a, a bench against the rail somewhere or some place where you can sit down, maybe some like crates or, or boxes. And sure. a couple of the other ladies around are watching, but most are just kind of keeping, you know, keeping to their tasks, keeping to their duties and working on the constant, um, <laughs> constant maintenance that the ship needs. And you can see that all of them seem to be wearing some sort of like a longer coat or maybe like layered skirts where there's like a, a skirt and like a, some sort of i want to say apron but it's not I'm, I'm picturing it it's like like skirts with like layers that you can probably hide things behind <laughs> and uh you are a well-established uh warrior and and have been around enough places that you can easily see that um you cannot see any weapons on them but there are three or four of the maybe dozen or so on deck that are clearly carrying some form of firearm um these underneath. women are all dressed up in their frocks and they will fuck you up they is will what i'm getting fuck you up yeah <laughs> grandma with a gatlin gun just saying like oh that. oh lord okay <laughs> and uh, i'm i'm sure you said it in the previous episode but how big is this grandmother's ship uh, this grandmother's ship is uh, about on par with um the theonis cleos Perfect. Thank you. So it's not huge, uh, but it's enough that you could probably have a crew of 40 or more, probably carry more than that, you know, 60 or so. Uh, and you only see maybe a dozen or so here on, on decks. And I don't know if I said that before, so that's what the truth is now. Come at me, bro, <laughs> if I said it wrong. Please okay. respond in the comments. Just like Andreas's fake name. Yep. Yes. That one. <laughs> we said it. We said the words. <laughs> hydrate. Always hydrate. Drink your water. Take your time to this. Ep this episode is sponsored by hydration. <laughs> if you are not hydrated, please take the time to hydrate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thank you. What was her name again? I'm sorry. Clariana. Clariana. Electo kind of looks around at everybody and kind of pieces things together uh, as she becomes more comfortable sitting and, and not looking at the water and uh, holding onto Epos's reins. Clariana, if you don't mind my asking, uh, what exactly is your ship doing here? We are just helping out where it needs be. There's always help that's needed somewhere. And we've heard of the recent upsets and, and issues. And uh, we've recently arrived in port and we're just trying to feel out and establish what, what might need help here. I see. And she does a little hand gesture with her right hand. I imagine you guys sat down, she's kind of like holding one of your hands, and in your hand, mm -hmm. almost like someone trying to like do sign language or whatever else not, she does like three quick little motions into your hand. You probably have no clue what that means. But no that's idea. definitely a like a second confirmation step that happens. And you've maybe experienced that before since you've, <laughs> you know, worked with the shawl. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna spend another raise. Um, okay. <laughs> go down to two. Again, Electo just has this uncanny ability to be able to guess correctly what exactly is going on. And so she, um, she feels that on her hand, remembers briefly that it happened once before when uh, Andreas first left. And they were still, like, recovering from the attack. Mm -hmm. uh, and an old woman kind of came up to her and, like, held her hand and gave her those three little taps. Uh, and then Electo just kind of squeezed rapidly three, three times okay. in response. Uh, and, uh, said, and says to her, <clears throat> I see news travels fast. Well, I was on the War Council only hours ago. I can... Tell you what I know, at least, and what I'm doing here. 
And there's a, a knowing look that crosses her face with a squeeze, and she starts nodding as you're saying, and yes, yes, the shawl is here to help. You've sent your message. We heard it. We're here. We feel that war is mounting. There must be something we can do to stop it. Come. Talk with me and my officers. And she stands up and does a little hand gesture. Two of the armed ones and three others that didn't look like they're obviously carrying some sort of firearm under their, their skirts. Uh, all kind of direct you back towards what would be probably the captain's cabin at the F quarter on the deck. And uh, yeah. I'm really reluctant to leave Epos. She's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, will, will Epos fit in there? Looks at you, looks at the horse. Um, no, no. Uh, Epos, I, I need, I need to, I guess I need to talk to them in, in their quarters. Are you going to be okay out here by yourself? I have some things for you if you need them. <laughs> She's like fretting over Epos, like, all right, it'll be all right. I'll be, I'll be right out. I promise. It won't take longer than an hour. Right, ladies? <laughs> like, <laughs> like scritching his nose, like everything's going to be okay. And meanwhile, Epos is just supremely patient and it's just like i get figs out of this great perfect <laughs> so yeah i go into that captain's quarters and the door closes and we transition somewhere else somewhere else yes yes so we're gonna head over to the captain again and andreas yes what else is happening now you are you were there on deck some of the crew seem really interested by you this guy seems a little frustrated by it and you've got that realization that went across your mind of hmm this isn't a merchant ship this is this is a little bit more yes well i think i'm just gonna stick to the stick the plan stick to you know i know briggs is doing stuff i'm i'm assuming that he's getting into uh more of the details so i'm just still focusing on trying to keep everybody busy, keep everybody involved, okay. um, keeping people uh, uh, active and enthralled with stories and, you know, just kind of keep that, keeping that going. And if I, if I can, you know, the, the, especially the people that are enthralled and, and inter interested in the stories, seeing if I can start a little antagonism between them and, and the, the Montaigne, uh, you know, like you know, he's trying to get him to work, and I'm trying. He's trying to get him away from me, and I'm trying to, Ooh. you know, intrigue him and, and see if I can generate just a little bit of friction. Yeah, okay. Definitely spend a raise for that if you want to. Okay. Uh, yep. Try and and influence them. Pierre is is pointing to different things that you know you said, and like, oh, check check that again. One of them's like, ah, sir, he's telling a great story. Let me finish the story. And there's like yes, a little yes, bit of like yes. that, that struggle and frustration <laughs> there. They exactly, listen to yeah. him and they follow with it, but mm -hmm. they're slow to move up. There's some irritation on their faces. You can see. Perfect. Perfect. Yep. That's <clears throat> what I'm working towards. I like it. Uh, let's head back down below decks. These people have passed you by and have head towards a little cabin in the back. What you doing? I would like to spend a raise okay. in order to find something that connects them to a country, faction, etc. Okay. Um, I want to find out who these guys are working for or if they're, you know, filthy, filthy pirates. Sure, sure. Yeah. Gotta hate those pirates. People who steal things. I didn't, Damn, those I didn't, pirates. I didn't, I didn't say that. Okay. I didn't say that. Okay. You said filthy, filthy. Just saying. Uh-huh, uh-huh. There's some judging I, tones. No, did, I I, believe, did I say uh, that I'm not also a filthy, okay. filthy pirate? I believe the correct terminology is bloody pirate. Thank uh, yes. Bloody pirates! <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so are you trying to do that by looking around at stuff or listening to them? I doubt they'd say it, so it's probably more of a looking around at, you know, for maybe any letters or paperwork or uh, anything like that that connects them okay. to someone, to to working with someone. You know, letters are going to be probably in a cabin. They're not going to be sitting out in a box, most likely. Paperwork and stuff like that would probably, again, be sealed in somebody's cabin in a chest or something like that. Just, you know, boats are in water and have wateriness around. So, you know. Yes. Not good for paper. Uh, however, 
uh, as you are sneaking through, you realize that more than a few of these have a shipping label on the side of the box that, as we just established before, what's inside the boxes isn't what's on the outside of the box. You know, it, it looks like it's supposed to be just general goods, right. but you can definitely see inside there's other stuff in there. And you realize that all of those are written in Vespinyavnyar. They're, they're written in the Western language. You know, it's basically like not Swedish. And they all are written and coming from Vendel itself because you recognize the shipping company because the shipping company is one of the top five most commonly used by the ATC. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> so the ATC has its roots with the Vestin merchants, the Vendel merchants, yes. who their guilders is starting to spread everywhere. And the ATC is not directly connected to the Vendel League, but there is a heavy influence and there's a number of the officers and leaders in the ATC that are Vendel are from Vestimanyavnyar. And so there's a huge influence there. And this would be one of the, the companies they use for transporting goods. Because you've seen that. You've worked mm. with them. You've, or you've worked against the ATC enough that you uh, you recognize it. Um, so we're going to call it okay. the, you know, I don't know, Swedish? But we're going to say it is uh, <laughs> it is the Vestin word for Blue Whale Shipping Company. Anything else you'd like to do down here? I'm. I'll just go to investigate further, maybe get a little closer to the direction that the two individuals went. Sure. Like towards that cabin at the back. All right. Uh, you sneak along towards that back cabin. You can hear them talking, and then you hear step, 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 and the doors start to open, and they start coming back out. You dodge behind a box, and they proceed on up. Yeah, I'm just... <laughs> When do we when do we get to start off? I know we're still supposed to wait for the you know attack on Solon, but <clears throat> just be patient. And as they're passing by, the big guy, heavier steps, deep voice, is like your classic blonde-haired, bearded Viking-looking dude. Um, he's not wearing any sort of like armor or horns or anything like that, but he's just he's a built six foot six, you know, five foot wide, arms like your legs, you know. Big boy. Big bro. And he's got the, the braided beard. He's got the braided long hair. He's just looks, you know, sun-worn and rough. And the smaller guy, uh, the smaller guy is talking in fairly clear Avalonian. They both are. But there's just a hint of an accent. And you're not sure if he's Aizen or if he's Avalonian or if he's maybe even... Vesmanyavanyar, just a smaller dude, but he's got kind of a, a sandy brown hair. He just, he looks very forgettable. Okay. He also has some powder stains on his hands, and he has pretty ripped up looking clothing, but, you know, looks like a worker. I think we're actually going to pop over to the captain again, because I want to kind of focus on that uh, on the deck there. And I okay. think... We're going to just give another another minute for my brain to think about what I'm going to do with <laughs> Electo. <laughs> Fair? Fair. Now, I still have, I still have uh, Brute Squad crew. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of standing on the edge, and they're looking at some stuff, but they're not used to being, you know, yeah, customs agents. So they're right. very awkward and kind of waiting for you, I guess. Which, which makes perfect sense, because, you know, I, I'm not giving them any instruction, which, you know, they would probably, if we were actually a, an inspection crew, mm -hmm. you would think I would be making them inspect things. So, right. yeah, they're, they're playing their part. That's good. I like that. Perfect. Um, but, uh, yeah, I am, I'm going to be, con you know, just kind of continuing, um, you know, finding maybe some of the sheets and saying, oh, yes, this, this uh, uh, four topsail sheet reminds me of the, the time we were sailing, uh, sailing from five sails and hit some weather. Very important to keep your guide sheets taut. Go into more story. Oh, and, and that storm was something. That that thing threw the ship about like a toy, and and you know, we lost a couple of good men, but muscle through. And, and, and again, just embellishing it, drawing the story out, keeping keeping people engaged, distracted. Um, you know, trying to pull them from their duties to irritate. Uh, okay. 
So you're trying to cause more frustration and more distraction. I think that's going to definitely be possible. You can spend raise to really get that to work, or we can just say that it works partially, and you can spend raises on something else, like noticing something or gaining something or whatever else not. It depends on how effective you want your distraction to be. Well, I had two. I had three raises, and I've spent two, correct? Mm, you spent one because I negotiated you to only spend one, so I oh, can okay. make him okay, gotcha. frustrated so with have, you. So I have two left. Yeah, I'll throw another one out there to. Okay, so they're really focused on you. They're really, uh, they're, you know, more crew is coming yeah. in. What happened then? Tell us about that. Did you? Did the the storm <sighs> take you out? Was there a lightning strike on one of the masts? You know. And... The, the rocks were on the lee shore and, and oh. the waves were pounding us pounding us towards the rocks okay you know too much canvas would have been torn away in these hurricane winds but we held on and we tight, tightened those sheets to to ride it out with with reefed sails barely holding to the masts oh, it sounds yeah. like one of the hurricanes oh. i found in the Atabian, and you know one of the other guys starts to oh. pop in with his own stories and it's basically like people just start bullshitting and, and yeah, throw oh, those I out too. Like, sea monster ones. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've heard those. I've heard about those. Oh, tell, tell me, did you? How did you survive? How did you? You know, yeah, but, oh yeah, love it, love Keep it, love it, love it. All right, you've got them good and distracted. You've got one raise left. I think Zach's got one la- raise left. Zoe, you've got two raises uh, left. I've two. still, I've still got two raises. You got two raises. That's right. Friends. You had four. That's right. I forgot. I did have four as well. Yes. Okay. So Zoe, over about half an hour's time they're picking your brain and they're also kind of revealing like yeah we're here for relief aid and we hear a war is coming what do you what do you know about a war coming uh well let me tell you about the war coming okay (laughs) basically uh, she feels like these people are trustworthy enough to tell them you know things that were said behind closed doors in the war council and she knows Grandmother Shawl. They're not here to cause chaos. Nope. They're here to mitigate the chaos. And so she basically tells them verbatim everything that has happened. Okay. And uh, and for those who have not looked at the books, this is actually in the core rulebook. You can look at the secret society for them. But if you don't want to have spoilers, the basic concept is Grandmother Shaw will do everything to stop war and support those who are affected by it or affected by horrible things. And so the conversation goes towards, well, where do you think they're going to hit first? Where do you think it's going to go bad? Like, is there a way we can slow this down? Do we know who the main instigators are? You know, and it's that sort of stuff. They're strategizing both on how they can help with disaster relief, as well as how can they just get it to not happen? Let me tell you, it's, it's everyone right now. <laughs> <laughs> we got um, everyone going to, they're going to be here soon. <laughs> I, I'd like to, I'd like to spend a raise here and set up, uh, an opportunity maybe for Briggs because uh, I'd like to establish that this ship and the ship that they're investigating are pretty much right next to each other okay uh, I, I'd say that there's maybe an empty dock in between them but they're they're very close and so Electo is positioned where she can see the other ship that Briggs and Andreas are on and uh, notices that Briggs is sneaking around down below decks. Sure. We see one of the open, uh, you know, well, I had already established before that there was, that the the uh, cannon ports were closed. But let's, let's say they say forgot one. one. Opens. Yeah, they, they forgot <laughs> well, okay. one. The they cannon ports were closed, but I think Andreas had earlier convinced everyone to go open up the windows. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, because it was okay. hot so, and stuffy in here. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. That's right. So theoretically, windows are open. That's right. Okay. Uh, and I'd like to I'd like to spend a raise here to give an opportunity to Briggs to tell them that if there's anything you want me to know about what you're looking at, tell me now. There is a ship worth of people here who are willing <laughs> to stop it at whatever costs. I don't even know how you translate that across distances like this. Uh, uh, it's, uh, I don't know, but you know what? Okay, so Electo let's, has an let's uncanny say that ability to do that. Briggs is Briggs is sneaking across <clears throat> somewhere, and you realize that one of the cannon ports is partially open, and like this beam of light hits you, and you happen to look out that way, and just at that moment is when you look across. There's one, you know, birthing that's that's empty, and then there's where 
the uh, the ship for Grandmother's Shawl is at, and you happen to see in through a window on the captain's, you know, port side, um, you know, uh, the, the window on, into the cabin, and you happen to see that Electo is in that uh, area, and your eyes connect, and a significant glance, I guess? I don't know. <laughs> I'm picturing charades here. Okay. <laughs> three fingers, three words. Times on her ear. Words. Sounds like. Sounds like. Movie. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. All right, you two got your first or, syllable. Said like. again? Oh, wouldn't it be weird if some spooky shit happened right now? <laughs> wouldn't it be um, weird? Don't say that. Don't say that. Wouldn't it be weird? Don't say that. There's enough spooky shit happening for Briggs right now. I mean, yeah, but this is good spooky. This is good spooky. For some reason, there is a raven on the railing above where Electo is right now. Okay. And uh, it's very out of place because there's mostly seagulls and terns and albatross and, like, you know, seabirds. Yeah. Uh, but there is a, a jet black raven just hanging out. And as Briggs looks at Electo and she's trying to get across a message and looks at the raven, for some reason he can understand. Well, because the raven, the raven Briggs has dealt with previously. And it looks at him, stares directly in your eyes, Briggs, and does the, ah! And there is just this moment where you, the Raven, and Electo, and it's all closer, and your faces, like, meet for a second, and there's this urgency, and there's this feeling on Electo's face that, like, ooh, I got a support here. And there's this, like, look on Briggs's face that, like, there's some weird shit here. And then there's the, like, Raven call again. Ah! And, like... It's this intensity, and there's this, like, feeling, and this bubbling, and there's, like, this focus, and... <gasps> what happens next? Uh, then the raven flies away, and everything goes back to normal. <laughs> you blink, and you realize the ship's not right next to you. You're not looking in a window. Oh, You're not looking weird. through a port. It is far oh. enough away. You're having a hard time seeing each other's faces. Oh, shit. That was weird. I like that. I was trying to tell me something. <laughs> the, hairs, the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. <clears throat> okay. Well, that's fun uh, fact to establish. So, uh, <laughs> with the two raises, my man, what you doing? Since they left, I'm going to that cabin that they left. Okay. Would I need to spend a raise for that? No, that's fine. Uh, you okay. wouldn't need to spend a raise to... Actually, yeah, because the door itself is locked, I'm going to say. Ooh. Yeah, spending a raise. I'm going to pick that, baby. Okay. Nah, I'm gonna say that's probably right close enough within within your hiding focus uh approach. Sure. You uh you take a minute and you pop that open and inside the locked cabin room you see row upon row of fresh muskets stacked up in like gun racks and, and they're they're two racks deep. Uh so you've got um Basically, along the walls, you see a rack of muskets, and then there in front of that is another set of racks that are on some sort of swinging, hinging mechanism that if you just unlash a loop, you can swing it out of the way. And so there's probably a good 60 muskets, at least, in this room. This little 10 by 10 room has a crap ton of guns. Smell of gun oil and black powder. Uh, there's a gleam to them uh, as they uh, they seem to be freshly polished and are any of them loaded any of them loaded no i have an idea but it's stupid we like stupid ideas there are no <laughs> stupid ideas They're just Wonderful. adventurous ones <clears throat> tuck in you guys <laughs> oh boy um i am going to grab two of these muskets one in each hand okay these are heavy big long barrel black powder muskets that's fine he can, he, can probably, he, he can probably hold one in each hand and kind of run. Hey, if we can establish that, you know, the Raven comes in to pass significant glances and important information from Electo, I'm sure you can carry two muskets. Yes. <laughs> Do it. 
I am going to I'm going to grab those two muskets. Okay. Pop that that door back open and run up the stairs. Oh god. Onto top deck and head towards the gangplank right now. Okay. You burst onto the top deck. You're carrying a pair of guns, running for that gangplank. There is an alarm that shouts out, Hey, who's that? Where's he going? Get him! And uh, the Um, stories are interrupted uh, for the captain mm -hmm. as all hands start to turn and alert and scramble. The ones who are closest to the captain are most under his spell, so to speak, not actual spell, but are Mm -hmm. slowest to react, and I think we're hitting into an action moment. I... I would like to, for my last thing, I would like to kind of give an opportunity to Andreas. Hmm. Um, and maybe on my way towards the gangplank, either, you know, pop him with one of these muskets or hit him with a shoulder as into kind of disconnect myself from him. You will have mm. to spend your your raise and a hero point for that to happen because not only is the captain there, you also have crew that would recognize you, and so you need yeah. to really put it forth that you know. Oh, I'll I'll play I'll play yeah play it I'll, up hard. I'll spend that. I'll play uh, it don't okay. don't bother. Let's let's. I was about to. If you weren't going to do something stupid, I was going to. So, <laughs> um, but, can you tell uh, we have a nice while? We want to cause some chaos. I had one. <laughs> <laughs> I had one raise left, and uh, uh, yeah, that's that's how I decide to spend it there. Okay, okay. Because I mean, we're gonna just roll for another. I, I kind of want to play up the situation. Okay, okay. Yeah. And yeah, I've got distraction. Three hero points, so I, I, I'm fine. Perfect. Here. All right, we spend that. You smack into the captain, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, the captain goes toppling over. Uh, there's a shout. Um, <laughs> you know, your brute squad is also shouting in surprise. And since we've spent the raises, what I said you had to spend, they're mostly just going along in surprise and not recognizing you. Uh, you're moving fast enough. There's a bit of a blur. And they realize the few that do start to recognize you as you move past, mm, something funky going on. So there's, there's a pause. There's a distraction. Um, the crew on the merchant ship itself are reacting. And uh, uh, the uproar is loud enough and, and animated enough the movement on deck that even Electo can see inside the cabin there with uh, Grandmother Shaw crew um, that there's something happening on the ship over here. And that's where we're going to pause because this next one might be a little bit longer. We'll see you on the next <laughs> episode. <laughs> oh, buddy. Okay. We got, I, I, had to, I had to amp things up a little bit. <laughs> and that's, that's, how, that's how it went. That's like, how it like went. I said, if you hadn't, I was about to. So I... I <laughs> There we we're, go. we're off and running. All right. I think I think personally, it's better to keep your cover than mine that I've just been hiding the entire time. Yeah. Could be. All right. Well, we'll find out on the next episode. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>